Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Hi, welcome to the Vulnerable Scientist Podcast. So this is the last episode, like a full episode of this season. The video or the interview that is going to be repurposed today is from Zainab Keba. Zainab Keba is an MSc graduate from UK who originally comes from the Ivory Coast. Since her interview or her original interview couldn't be traced, I thought let me just um, highlight the questions that were common in all the interviews that the scientists were answering. Able to get a feel of what exactly she was answering because there's no one asking the questions in the audio that I have. So this comes from the notes that I first wrote when having this idea of the scientists uh, journey series or scientist park series that I did on the science media interviews and the whole idea of the project was to give a young scientist a guide into a science career by learning from others in addition to knowing the university of careers paths one can follow after school give an insight to the general audience on what it takes to be a scientist and the type of scientists that um, are out there and what they do and also to give scientists a platform to reach a wider audience with their work and hopefully increase the chances of getting collaborations on the type of work that they do. So the interview questions that I had in mind that have since been changed from time to time and been curated according to the guest that is coming on are uh, first the background where you were born, grew up and a little about the family background because uh, it helps the audience to relate to the story being told. The second one was the student experience from the pre-science, the primary, secondary, and other. Then they talk about the science interest and how it began and how it has influenced their career, uh, career path in science. The university experience from BSc to wherever they were, maybe PhD or MSc, depending on where the scientist was at the current moment, and how did you, how did they get the first uh, job and subsequent jobs? Then they will talk about the mentorships if they have a mentor, if it's important to have one, and if and they will ask if they do mentor others. Then the kind of opportunities that are there in science or for science projects because that's important for other people who are coming in to know what other opportunities that are there for them to grab. Then the one that is I really loved, came to love is, and that's why I actually, is one of the basis of the Vulnerable uh, Scientist Podcast is the highs and lows in their careers. And I this was, that is the most interesting part of the the interview for me 
notice we'll talk about the mistakes that they've made and what they've learned from it and also advise uh, their younger selves uh, in, in the same line. Then they'll talk about their research, how they got into it and how it helps the society. And also, uh, this, in terms of this research, can be a past research, the present research or something that they're thinking of doing in the future, if any. Then they'll talk about also their future prospects, either maybe still in science or outside science. Then for the women, they will uh, tell us about an experience um, of being a woman and if it has affected their career in any way, if there are any changes that have happened over the years and the disadvantages or advantages of being a woman in science. I think that's one of the questions uh, Zainab Kaba um, answered. Then they also talk about mental health, which is actually something very dear to my heart. They'll maybe talk about a personal experience or they will share something. They would like to share something that um, they know about. And I realize some uh, guests would talk about mostly about other people's stories. And it is rare to hear someone talk about their own personal stories. So. But that, that is tricky, and that's why I think I, I felt like the approach of the interview should be a little bit different, and that's how the Vulnerable Scientist podcast came in. Then, just as the previous um, question, the other question that I was talking about, advice to the younger scientist, younger self, this is the same, just advising a younger scientist who's coming after them. Then... After that, when the interview was done, uh, the guest would be asked to answer a question, or uh, they would be asked to add something that they wish that it could have been asked, or add something that they feel that needs to be out there. So I am going to press the play button for the Zainab Kaba's interview, and I hope you enjoy it. My name is Zainab Kaba. Um, so I'm from Ivory Coast, but I now live in London. I was born in Ivory Coast in the region of Kumasi. Um, I was living there until about eight years old. And then I moved to London, to the UK, to live with my parents. My dad had previously moved here to study and my mom joined, joined him shortly after. And I stayed with my grandparents back home. Um, until about eight, nine years old. Then I joined my parents here in London. Um, when I came here, we were living in North London. So I went to primary school in Bruce Grove. Um, and then I went to secondary school around that same area as well in um, a secondary school called Northumberland Park. I think they've changed the name now to Duke Aldridge um, Academy. So I went there for um, from year seven till year 11. And then I was fortunate enough to get a bursary, like a scholarship to go to boarding school for sixth form. Um, so I went to boarding school for two years where I did my IB, which is my international baccalaureate, um, with like a science focus because I was really interested in science. Um, following that, I went to Swansea University to do a medical science degree, um, came back to London to complete a master's in health policy. And that's where I am today. <laughs> 
there's no one specific um, incident that I can sort of point point to say this is where my interest in science developed from. But um, there are sort of like little memories that I have that I think definitely push me towards science. Um, the first is that I remember from a very young age, my dad used to give um, to help give our vaccination programs in Ivory Coast. So I sort of have this memory of him and a little briefcase vaccinating children. And I thought that was like a really good thing to do. Um, that sort of inspired my interest in science. But also um, one of my mom's sisters was very sick when I was younger as well. And um, I most of the time I felt like I avoided visiting her, not because I didn't want to go to see my auntie, but because I felt sort of helpless. I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know how to make her feel better. Um, and I especially remember one time I went to visit her and she was really sick. She was vomiting. And I just sat there and I had to let her do what she was doing. There was no way I could help her. Um, I didn't like that helpless feeling that I had. So um, I think from that that point on, I took an interest in the human body and how like our human body behaves in those scenarios. And um, that's definitely edging towards science to sort of find answers so that I don't have to feel helpless next time someone is sick next to me. I can offer them some sort of help. Um, and I think that was one of like the major reasons why I went into science. From my experience, like I've had to do a lot of research to sort of find um, opportunities that are sort of um, valuable, not valuable to me, but maybe um, that kind of that I want to participate in. Um, there's a lot of opportunities available for um sort of scientists in the UK to work with universities to take part in um, research projects, etc. And I think most of the time I had to sort of ask those questions to my lecturers, ask those questions at university, at academic centres, to sort of find my way through those. They're not opportunities that are readily available. They don't come to you. So um, there are sort of internship programmes. Um, there are studies into like social sciences and medicine but those kind of things, you have to go looking for them. You have to ask the questions. You have to ask your lecturers, your um, academic um, cohorts and stuff to find them. Um, I think one of the good places as well that I have found is Twitter. So um, I've been on Twitter not for very long, but through Twitter, I was able to find loads of people that are interested in science or in the same field that I am and liaise with them. And through that sort of process, I've been able to find loads of good opportunities. I think I found this opportunity to be here today through Twitter as well. So yeah, I would definitely recommend scientists to to have like a, a Twitter profile at least. Yeah. Um I think personally most of the time I haven't felt like there was an advantage because of my gender most of the time. I think that's probably because of um the fact that I've sort of followed this line of going to school and then from school going to college and then from college going to university. But I definitely think that science being a heavily um, male-dominated field, it can be a little harder for women to penetrate through. Um, I think that sometimes as women, we kind of take a backseat because it's sort of like what is expected um, because the male voice dominates over. So there's a lot of times where you have to push through and sort of leave the imposter syndrome behind you 
and just know that because you have the skills, you have the knowledge, you are as entitled to be there as a woman as anyone else. Um, yeah, so I think definitely because it's a well, like it's a male-dominated field, women can sort of kind of feel intimidated at times. Um, I do have a mentor. Um, I'm currently on a six-month mentoring program just to because of the fact that I have a degree in medical sciences and now I have a, a master's in health policy and they are quite different in terms of um, the field that they're in. So I do have a mentor that's sort of helping me navigate that change. Um, I think mentorship is really important, especially for someone like me, who's essentially first generation. Um, my parents are not scientists. I don't have a lot of scientists, people in my family or in my community that I can turn to. So having someone who is um, who can help answer questions when you have questions, help guide you is really, really crucial. Um, and it kind of helps lower like the stress. It helps um, for you to sort of find your way through at times because you can get very stuck and sometimes it can be quite lonely. So if you have someone that you can talk to, it's really, really important. Yeah, um, I think mental health at this particular moment is really big. Like it's always been something that um, has been sort of prominent, especially in science where you are expected to do a lot. Like um, there is a lot of things to do um, in your professional life. And also you have a personal life to maintain as well. So it can sort of have a strain on your mental health. Um, I think that because of the whole pandemic situation now, there's been a lot of push towards um, taking care of our mental health. Um, having like services available um, and I think that's really important but um, sort of pushing people to go for help when they need to and destigmatizing de mental health and allowing people to be like you know what I've got a limit and reaching that limit is not good for me I need to take a step back personally um, I did have um, some problems with anxiety and burnout as well because most of the time through my studies, I've had to um, keep a job whilst going to school, which sometimes can be very taxing um, on a person, just physically, but also mentally as well. So I've had to have times where I've had to take time off for both just to look after my mental health. Um, and I think during that process, one of the things that really helped me was journaling. Um, so keeping a journal of my mental thoughts, my mental space, um, has been very very helpful to sort of help me keep things into perspective and not to overdo things when things feel a bit overwhelming to take a step back and slow down which is really important because a lot of the times we forget to slow down um but that's sort of yeah my advice for mental health i think as a public health issue it's it's pretty much quite a concerning one because um Antimicrobial resistance, for example, is um, one. It's quite a leading public health concern for us here in the UK because of the amount of anti antibiotics so that are being prescribed. But um, the sort of overarching theme of it is that when people are given the information and they're given um, the knowledge as to why certain things happen, it can help their like personal attitudes, their personal behaviors to help curb that. I think in the COVID pandemic, um, it sort of brought back some 
feelings that I mentioned before at the start of the interview, this feeling of like helplessness that I didn't particularly like. Um, so COVID came and there was a lot to do. And as a student, there wasn't really a place for me to be um, helping people directly. So in the beginning, I started volunteering at local health centers and hospitals to see what I can do because all of a sudden there's no school. I've got a lot of free time um, and I wanted to use that free time um, productively. Um, and in that process, I was able to get a part-time job working with the London Ambulance Service in the dispatch. Um, so in the control rooms, answering 999 calls, um, helping um, the ambulance crews, etc., um, and I think through that process, I grew a lot of compassion and empathy. Um, and I think it really like broadened my perspective of like society as a whole. It helped me um, establish like um, sort of the link between the work that I'm learning at school in terms of the health policy and its direct impact in, in real life. Because every day when I went into work, there was new policy, there was changes being made to accommodate the climate that we were in so to like make sure that we um, prepared for the pandemic and then I would go back to school and I would learn about how policies come into play so it was a really crucial point for me to group to grow perspective and to sort of see myself um in like grow into the person that I want to become essentially and I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've had from this pandemic is definitely being my growth and compassion and also my perspective has changed massively um, yeah, so I think for me is um, it was finding a group of people that are very similar to me as well. Um, I think being in, growing up in North London, there's a lot of us that are first generation trying to do this. Um, and it was about building that community um, and, you know, having people that you can have those conversations with. So there's an organization like Home Girls UK that are for elder. Um, I'm also... Um, the first child of my family so I'm the eldest daughter so that also comes with these challenges um so I came I found Homegirls UK which was an organization that um is created to sort of be like a safe space for first generation elder daughters to vent and just be amongst people that are quite similar and also mentorship like I had um people who are in the field that could guide me in times when I was lost. Um, between my third year at university and my master's, I was completely lost. I didn't know what to do. There was sort of like family expectations, social expectations that were not compatible with the career that I was choosing. And I had to find, like, I had to speak to my mentors and say, like, this is where I am right now. Um, I'm not sure about the next steps to take. Um, and they were able to sort of help me and guide me by just giving me information that I can like talk through and walk through myself. So I would, I would think it's definitely guidance and um, support of communities of similar women or similar people like yourself. Um, and also honesty, like just being honest that, you know, this can be a bit difficult. It can be hard. It can be lonely. Um, and if you're honest in that with yourself and also with the people that are trying to help you, I think it can help really help take you far, you know. Sometimes you actually feel like you don't have a choice because you look around and you say, um, essentially, if I don't do this, like, what else am I going to do? Um, like, it's something that you're really passionate about. 
you want to help people um and that's what kept me going personally is about realizing that this is something i really really want to do um and the more i learned the more i studied the more i met people i discussed with them the more i was like comfortable in my field even though most of the time i felt like i didn't know as much as my peers or as much as the people that were in the field um i always believe that i can also get to where they got before i realized that they had to start from somewhere so that's what i'm doing as well i'm starting from somewhere yeah with the discipline i think um it all comes down to your reason why you're in the science field like for me like i said i i have a specific reason that i want to be able to help people um i want to be able to contribute positively to society i want to be able to take the knowledge that i have that i learned to go back home to ivory coast and help my community help my family um so with that kind of um like sort of reasoning behind my um one of the reasons why i'm in science that and plus the fact that i really do enjoy um science it kind of that keeps me disciplined in the field um and i think it all also comes down to the people surrounding you as well so um it doesn't it doesn't like harm to be involved in the social side of things because it's normal to have a social life which sometimes gets lost um in science like you know you expected to be on your best behavior all the time um you know you're expected to be professional at all times but like um if you have a life if you have a social life if you're able to go out with your friends to enjoy um you know enjoy life as it comes to you um it kind of helps as well with your studies it helps keep you focused it helps um with your mental health um so that's one thing i could say um secondly as well is about knowing your own boundaries um knowing where you can stop um and say like okay this is where i this is where i finish um and that also comes with self awareness that comes with um having people around you that are similar i think that's really important having people around you that are relatable to you um i think then they can guide you you can guide them yeah um i think volunteering is really really valuable um it's a way for you to gain skills is a way for you to discover what you're good at and what you actually really like um for example before i decided to do my masters i volunteered in a hospital um just to be on ward for a bit and like you know like okay this is medicine this is what it looks like on a day to day basis it's not the grace and anatomy thing that you see on tv um also like it keeps you in touch with your local community it keeps you in touch with people um because sometimes like studying can kind of feel just between you and you um but if you volunteer you get to interact with different people and you also see like the intersectionality between different fields you can be volunteering in like a medical um organization or something and then you, um the people that you're volunteering with would be like have backgrounds in like marketing or business or logistics and you get to learn so much just by just by being involved and I think one of the best things about volunteering as well the responsibilities of it is not so rigid so you do it based on what you can give and not what you're requested to give as well 
a lot of healthcare problems comes down to funding essentially um because especially in responsiveness to the pandemic a lot of the issues that many people faced was like staff shortages there's like so many patients and so much things to do and not many professionals um and that that problem trickles down from so many different fields and so many different like um walks of life but i think one of the main issues with that is funding as well um so i think funding solves a lot of problems like right now with the vaccines and vaccine distribution that funding is one of the main issues where where some people can have more than others and some people can have more than they need like more than enough and others have to sort of like ration um so yeah i think i would definitely highlight funding as the main sort of problem with health policy policy making policy adherence yeah my future prospect at the moment um i'm finishing my masters which i think is a really big achievement for me um and then following on that i would like to do some more postgraduate studies in um uh in science in the field of social science and medicine um so that's where i'm looking towards maybe in the next few years either a phd program or just a uh, more knowledge in pol- health policy and health policy making um and yeah so that's basically where i see myself going it's very different from the path that i started on because initially i started in medical sciences hoping to become a physician at the end of it but i find myself now at a new crossroad which is really exciting um and the advice i would give to young scientists is just to go for it um is a really fulfilling field to be in is really rewarding there's so much to learn there's always more to learn there's always more questions to ask um if you're curious it is the right you're in the right place because um the work that we do directly impacts society at every single level um yeah so i would say like go for it um yeah the one thing i really want people to sort of um understand is that um curiosity like have having questions and um knowing where like how to get the answers to those questions so just being curious generally in life is um really important it can be very fulfilling it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes but i think in the end you do uh, like benefit from a lot of its fruits um so that's one thing and another thing is just don't be afraid to ask always ask questions um whether that will be like asking for help or asking people to to asking to be of service to others and asking people to be of service to you so yeah so just generally be curious and also ask questions or well, it's just pretty much the same thing but be curious about life and also ask for help mm-hmm.